Yeah. We need that song playing before every podcast. Right, welcome to the Speed of Sound podcast, episode two, and I'm joined by two more very special guests. I've got Jane McLaurin. Hello. Got my name right. Got it right. I thought I got it wrong. Salva. Uh, Alpha Romeo Salva F1 esports team, Christ. bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, team manager, and also joined by James Baldwin, who nice easy name, mate. we um, kind of needed someone off the street, so we got we got James involved. Veloce James, so welcome to the Speed of Sound podcast. Thank you. Yeah, great to be here. Um, of course, the F1 esports was last weekend. So, team manager, spectator, how do you think it went? Well, I mean, from a spectator point of view, I think everyone can agree it was insane the whole production of it and um yeah it was really enjoyable to be there and i was my, i sent to jamie my jealousy scale was like through the roof you know i wanted to be down there driving but yeah so very special event and i couldn't imagine being a part of that as a driver you know it'd be an amazing experience that's your plan though isn't it for like next year to try yeah, and push yeah, yeah, definitely. because i know you're doing aor and those sort of leagues i think it's, you're in f2 aor yeah aren't you yeah so yeah my first season in f1 so it's not bad to be fair. How's the season going? Good. Um, I missed the first two rounds, but I won the following three. And then let's not go and talk about the last one. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's not worth talking about. <laughs> and you, from a team manager point of view? Yeah, I mean, it, I think from kind of being behind the scenes from day one, um, the whole competition's kind of grown and evolved so much from when we first started. And I think it's huge credit has got to go to Gfinity for organising the whole thing. Um, the guys at F1 who are running it have got a really clear vision of where we're going. I think there's still a lot that needs to change, and I think some rules um, probably need to be looked at for the for future events. Um, kind of, it's a strange one. I always think, kind of, from a spectator point of view, our job is to try and engage new esports fans because mm. I don't think at the moment there's enough of a fan base, a core fan base in in kind of racing as an esport so i think we've got to do a lot of work to try and engage guys that watch call of duty or counter-strike and say well you know okay they exist but are you, kind of, are you looking at what we're doing and i think it's a battle between whether you go down the, the route of 25 percent races or 50 percent races i don't know what you think from watching it in the final whether you enjoyed the abu dhabi 50 percent race more or uh... you enjoyed the 25 percent race more but I would say 50%, you know, straight away signals too long, boring, too much strategy mm -hmm. involved. But the race was really good. Yeah, it was. So whether that's a one-off or not, I don't I, know. I'm still a little bit unsure what's the right direction. I um, think if there wasn't that big old crash at the beginning, that race would have been epic. Yeah. Because it really separate. You had one section of the field yeah. up until like P8, I think it was. It was just like up at the front. Yeah not really that close together and then you had the rest of them sort of battling around yeah. them focus was more on the front guys and then of course if we didn't have a 50% race we wouldn't have had that amazing battle where you had Daniel Beresnay one of our drivers then you had uh, Brendan Lee and um, Frederick Rasmussen mm -hmm. like, all battling at the end the yeah, interesting thing is, is that Abu Dhabi in real life is so boring yeah, yeah but no. every F1 esports race they've had it's been amazing exactly sure. so it's an interesting dynamic but it, I think we're, we're Formula 1 for me and We'll give, I think, all the teams actually sitting down with Formula 1 in a few weeks to go through what was good, what was not so good, what we can improve. And I think where F1 need to change direction slightly is they've got, obviously, a fan base that watch the real sport. They're targeting their current kind of real-life fan base. 
Um, and you always see on social media, kind of when an esports video pops up, it just gets peppered with bad. Yeah, so we just like yeah, make so a new Twitter for yeah, esports. Exactly. No one wants to see it. Yeah. I kind of get that, you know, our 40, 50 year old blokes that watch the real sport are gonna be the target market for what we're doing anyway. Mm. They're not. Yeah. No. Um, no, no. And that's, that's the challenge. <clears throat> but from a cyber perspective, I'm so proud of our team. We did so well to come back from event one where we had a few problems um, with the equipment and Sally couldn't really perform as best as he could. Alex's brakes were, they failed in, the, in the China. So we had a few problems, but from there we bounced back so well and um, loads of changes were made by Gfinity to make sure that those problems never happened again. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think Sally's got the ability out of the three, I would say, to challenge Brendan Lee. Yeah. Um, he's obviously, you know, how kind of feared he is online. It's like, yeah. he's won so many championships. But I think with a little bit more preparation, because Brendan was at Brackley with Mercedes every day practicing. Mm. Um, and Sally was at university and balancing that whole kind of... Yeah, and speak, speaking all. to Sally, um, it was, I think, a massive stepping stone for him doing it this year, because... I know he, he didn't fear the drivers, but he thought in his mind he maybe couldn't beat them. Yeah. And, you know, winning in Hockenheim, I think that just yeah, opened the floodgates yeah, for him. Yeah, 100% agree with you. And I, I really think that, like, Brendan did a mega job this year. I think yeah. no one can deny, like, you know, he obviously got a little bit of bad press for his driving in the last race. But, you know, in the real world, lots of drivers will drive slowly in a corner mm. to get a better exit. I mean, I mean that's very You look practice. at when Ham uh, Rosberg won the championship in 2016, <laughs> Hamilton was trying to really just slow up Rosberg. Yeah, so exactly. Everyone applauded that. That's it the happens. difference. Yeah. He's, so. he's a step ahead of every driver at the moment, by far. Um, yeah. I think it was like 15 hours a day yeah. he will train. Yeah. And that's just mad. Yeah, it's mad. And they put a lot of time into setups. And I think all the drivers outside yeah. Mercedes felt like they had really had an advantage in that, yeah. in that space, which yeah. you don't get from luck they put a lot of time and effort into it so I think everyone should hold their hands up and say fair play to Mercedes and Brendan for a great season but from our side it's the benchmark's been set now and we're kind of they've got a target on their back and you know we've got to be be aiming for them and, and better for next year yeah it won't be as easy I don't actually think they'll win next season because I think everyone will raise their game and bring it to them but yeah I think they've done it so well this year but it won't be like that again in 2019 Danny, Danny did a great job as well yeah he yeah, was kind yeah. of obviously from the pro draft um, I mean we knew obviously at Veloce we know about him um, we knew he was a great talent um, but he really turned up I thought and yeah. I think under pre you know, to have Brendan Lee as a teammate it's not easy no um, you know putting so much pressure on you each race but he did an think amazing job the outside audience think oh because they're both in a Mercedes no wonder Daniel's coming second yeah but the cars are equal yeah exactly so he generally is the second best out there yeah I think the biggest challenge in the space we're in as an esport is educating people how hard it is to drive at the level they're driving yeah. at yeah. and the consistency they drive at because I mean from I, I work with them day in, day out, and I watch them practice, and I'm like, I go and try and do it, and I'm, mm. that's when I'm like, geez, I'm miles like two away. seconds off. Yeah, yeah, more, and and you even get, um, James, you'd say, like, you're an amazing driver, but on the Formula 1 game with Sally or whoever, you'd be well off the pace with them. Like, you, there is a gap at the moment between 
these top top boys and well, kind of yeah, the other guys. I wouldn't say well off the pace, but yeah, I know what you mean. It, their level I is. <laughs> it's, it's yeah it's savage how quick they are yeah it is um, and it, but it's not that you can't get there it's just that they've dedicated a lot of time and they understand the mechanics of the game better yeah I mean well you know some of the guys have been playing it for six seven years exactly. one games. I know it's not the same game but the, the physics are very similar yeah, yeah, yeah. so they've kind of developed way better too one. much with yeah. the handling and like what you have to do yeah they add little things every year but it's not like drastic changes like this year it was just ERS which a lot of them have to learn how you to you use. You say just DRS, it's a massive thing to learn, yeah, isn't it? Is. it yeah, I know. And Brendan is obviously the benchmark with that, because yeah. looking at his screen, it's always changing. It affects tyre wear, it affects so many things that people from, if you're just a, a guy that's never watched a race before, don't know about F1, you come and watch that, that's, that's my, my one fear, is that there's so much going on that people can't appreciate how much they're doing. Yeah. You know, they, mm. they're changing brake bias, they're changing ERS, they're getting DRS, making sure they're, it, it's just so there's so much preparation that goes into it and it's just that education process of making sure people understand that that happens yeah. I think I saw in Belgium Brendan was in you know the mid pack and um, he was behind Tormala and he actually asked his um, uh, crew chief what tyres Tormala was on you know you get the option to yeah. do that I've never seen anyone in any game do that if mm. you know what I mean so he's really yeah he switched on he likes the information doesn't he yeah yeah, for sure. He's got yeah a lot of stuff Good at going about. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at it and it's just like brake bias, fuel, yeah. ERS, all at the same Man. time. Between every single corner, he's changed that brake bias. It's amazing. And I agree with your point where you say they're not really appreciated about how much they're doing stuff. But I think for new people coming in and watching it, the racing is just so it's, it's better than real life. It is. One, like, sure. oh, better. You just have every single. Oh. I think. Half over half of the races, you've had a battle into the final corner. Yeah. I mean, every race, like Baku, what a race! Like, yeah. to have Man. Rasmussen passing Brendan Lee on the line. Like, I know that's happened in a F1 race mm. before, but this season has just been like every race has been action packed, loads of overtakes, drama. I can't see how you can watch that and not have a good time, yeah, exactly. You know, and I'm really the crowd were applauding, yeah, every, like con uh, constantly and sure. non stop. And I, I can't see how. <laughs> future events and future years this cannot just keep snowballing and growing because it's I think this year for it to be done the first time in the way it was and to get the feedback from all the F1 teams that are new to esports and to have embraced it as, as they have on social media with their actual infrastructure as well it's been amazing it's been mm. really really cool yeah I think coming back to the point of like people hammering on that Twitter page I think it's just naivety yeah, people is. they've not seen and when they see you know maybe not the first race but watch a couple I mean my stepdad for example hates games yeah. like we went on a motion simulator like two three years ago and he just said he felt sick he never wanted to touch it again mm. and then since doing this job and going to these events he started to check it out and be like okay I actually really enjoy the racing and stuff like that and it's just educating getting new people into it the older, the older generation about as well they, is. there is that kind of that feel that esports and games they haven't been brought up with it no. and it's that you know oh it's not it's not real why would I watch it if it's not real and it's that like I said to you before it was that's not who we're targeting there they aren't the people that we're unlikely to convert people of no. that, of that uh, some generation. people of that age do embrace it they do yeah but you're right the majority but don't it's so. the younger generation that play games watch to, you know and it, again one improvement I think that would make a big difference is that the event was streamed on Twitch mm. or YouTube yeah. where these, you know, where people are actively watching esports. Whereas Facebook, 
it's less and less really for the younger generation they yeah. use it less and less and actually yeah. the older generation are using it more and more so um yeah i'd say that'd be a, a yeah. major thing they need to look at i asked in the last podcast to arab and ben um an ideal dream of what you would want this to be where would you like the events to take place what would you like them to we've been through streaming so mm-hmm. obviously that, i already know your answer for that but like what is your ideal goal for for this um i i think it's got the um as an esport it's got the ability to be like a tier one esport that will compete with counter-strike and, and we're a long way away from that don't get yeah me we're miles away but you know i think it'd be a good educational process to take some of these events to real life races because i think that was mentioned last mm. time i think that's a good idea but again you're still targeting it's, it's maybe maybe if they see it in the flesh like these yeah. older fans see it in the flesh they see the come and watch the show yeah and they see like how good they are they appreciate maybe they'll, they'll go home and they'll watch it I yeah don't know. and they have a go when obviously the races or there's some rigs like we done in um Zurich with Sal but we had yeah. a lot of people coming in and they were just like this is actually a lot harder and yeah. we had all the assists on medium we didn't throw them in at the deep end no. like these drivers have and no. then they were just like this is really difficult those two kind of real life things we've done with Zurich and Milan when we launched the team like the reception we got from the public there was like yeah we had queues all day we had queues of people really had never driven a car before online but they were like i've got an opportunity to be an f1 driver mm. for five minutes and they loved it it's brilliant thing it's just we can try and convert them to watching it or even playing it well we're on the right path yeah definitely right let's move on to um the next topic which is a uh, sort of real to virtual which is sort of a bit of what blockchain is about you've also been co-founder yeah. of the blockchain team and you coming from really that real to virtual background um i mean how what sort of process did you have planned from the beginning? Um, it's, it's funny actually, we, when we first started this, which is just over a year ago now, um, the real to virtual was actually a huge part of our plan. Um, because I'm not sure, for people that don't know, I um, approached Jack and Rupert, who are two good, my two good friends of mine, um, former professional racing drivers in Formula 2, Formula 3. Um, and they ran a, a management company in the real world, and they still do, with, with drivers like Jamie Chadwick. Um, and I said to them, right, let's get into esports. There's a, there's a niche here that we can really kind of capitalise on and become the number one kind of racing team. Um, and we've done that. We've achieved that goal, I think. Um, but one of the major kind of like phases was the whole, can we get gamers to become real-life drivers, and how can we do that? And, um, it's been done before. Um, firstly, um, but actually, how esports is evolving, and quite quickly we learned this, is that lots of drivers would be more successful by being top esports drivers than they would do going to mm. the real world. Mm. And it's it's a strange thing to think about, but the motorsport world is broken mm. in the real world because Formula One's a good example of it. The best example is a sport that not the twenty best talented drivers don't always aren't always on the grid. Yes, you know. There's examples where people have money and they're maybe not as good as other drivers who deserve a seat. And for that reason, you throw a gamer into that environment and they might get a paid they might get a paid seat for a year, but then after that year, what happens to them? They'll fall out again, like a lot of people do in motorsport. Yeah. So I actually see it the, the other way around, the complete flip, which is James is a great example of, where people have had experiences in karting or junior formulas not had the funding to go on and do real life racing and actually see esports as a way to continue to be competitive because you've got that competitive edge. And make um, a living out of driving. And make a living. 
from a sport that they love. And exactly. that's where yeah. I think it's going to be. That's certainly what we've tried to position ourselves as is, you know, uh, a team where people that love racing, whether they've done it before or not, can come in, if they've got the talent, we'll help them improve and we'll try and make it a career for them. So, um, and the way, I mean, we're still in the baby stages of where this is at as an esport, but, you know, I'd like to think in two, three, four years time, there'll be drivers that wouldn't even think about going to the real world because they know how valuable the esports yeah. world is. Yeah. And I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, coming from real life. I mean, obviously my video of my career is on the Veloce channel as well. Um, Cheeky bloke. Yeah, so don't, you know, I, won't, Shameless. You know, I won't go into it now. But uh, yeah, coming over to virtual racing, I thought it'd be quite easy, but it's been the complete opposite. Um, there have been certain habits I've had to iron out. So I remember I'd done a really early recording about a year ago of a hot lap uh, with my webcam, and I noticed myself leaning into corners, <laughs> and I thought, what am I doing? So I, I, I ironed that out before I went live of anything. Um, I mean, in terms of other things, getting your mind to focus for an hour on one thing is a really hard thing. Because in real life, you're immersed, you're looking around, you're feeling things. It's real light, it's not artificial mm. like on a screen. So, yeah, that took a bit of getting used to as well. Um, but, yeah, I think Jamie's right. I think it could end up being bigger than real life motorsport. If it's going the way it is and it continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger while motorsport gets less popular yeah then i think sooner rather than later they'll be on equal terms and i think it will be as valuable to be a esports driver as it will be a, a real racing driver i think it's a trend that we've been seeing for a number of years now where you know audiences are dropping across mm. the board in motorsport less and less drivers are driving um because they can't afford to drive and the seats are getting more and more expensive teams as well there's teams. less teams than they used to be exactly um, i would say to try and get the respect of certain people out there because obviously we know esports is quite divided in terms of public opinion um maybe having a, a pure example of an esports driver going into real life and absolutely dominating or mm -hmm. bossing it i mean there's like there's examples of a couple that have gone from gaming to real life and they've yeah. got and done well yeah, yeah, and yeah, done yeah. well yeah done like well. really van buren at um race yeah. of champions exactly yeah he was yeah. He smashed it you know beat lando i think he did yeah but um, obviously that's only one race right, and yeah you can't it's, it's tricky, but I think you're right. It's to convert people that are very kind of motorsport is motorsport and that's it's that and esports is nothing. It's going to be hard. Show to them take. how good we all are. Yeah, you know? that's, that's the thing. And there's so much talent out there. That's the frightening thing. You know, Danny Bresne, for example, Mercedes, when he first came to our offices in, um, oh, I can't remember when that was, about seven, eight months ago from Hungary, very humble beginnings. Yeah. Um, would never have had the opportunity to get into a racing car before. And we put him in our sim downstairs and he was crying. Like he's in floods of tears because it's like an overwhelming, he's gone from literally nothing to now driving for the best Formula One team mm, in the world, yeah. um, coming second in the championship. It's like a real kind of bedroom to podium kind of story. Mm. And that's awesome to see. And as, like I said, the, the talent out there is just, it's mind blowing. And it's just kind of, how do we tap in and reach as many people as we can because Know, there's there's other Lewis Hamiltons of the esports world out there. We just need to go and find them. Mm, um, definitely. And it's, yeah. I mean, we speak to manufacturers in the real world all the time, um, and they are showing more and more interest in esports because they know that 
with or without them, esports is going like it's, yeah. it's going in one direction. I mean, you look at last year, the prize pool was two thousand. This year, it's two hundred thousand. Yeah, what it, will it be exactly. next year? So um, it's definitely on the up. Definitely. And I think um, it might even be a case of the prize pool won't be the biggest thing. Like in real life motorsport, the prize pool you know, you don't really hear about. So yeah. Formula One, you don't think, oh, they're going to win thirty million. It's just they've won that championship out of honour. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest prize you yeah, can have. It is. And it's the digital footprint that these guys are going to get from fans, followers, and that's when you see brands. The other, I mean, the exciting part for me is like New Balance, for example, who sponsored the F1 Esports series. They wouldn't look at Formula One in the real world mm. as a realistic target to sponsor any car or because it would be probably too much. And also, the demographic they're targeting probably doesn't watch Formula One anymore. Yeah. But with esports, brands have now got an opportunity to align themselves with F1 teams, racing teams, racing drivers, um, and target people that all buy their shoes or buy their clothes or whatever. So yeah. I think that's that's really the, an exciting part that I think we still need to kind of evolve. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Um, I think we should move on though, because we, we've talked about the esports final too much so, and plans for Veloce. I think we've spoken yeah. over that for the future. Yeah. So next one, we've got the Macau crash. And I think I speak for everyone. And we hope that um, Sophia Flourish gets, gets well seen. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was massive. I, I watched that. Yeah, I think it was. I was in bed at the weekend. I think it was. So was I. And not in your bed, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was because uh, <laughs> that was after the esports final. Yeah, I was very. My tongue was headache. I actually out. thought I was still drunk when I saw the crash. Like that was <laughs> the worst thing I've ever seen. Oh God! Because you got to think those cars are not built to the same quality of no, an F1 car, no. and that was the it's miracle. Really. Yeah, yeah, to come out with just a cracked vertebrae. Okay, surgery has had to happen afterwards, but yeah. but. Frightening. The way it wasn't like the bottom of the car hit the barriers as well. It was the top where her head is. I know. It was because I think they, I think I saw there was like a, they changed that corner because there was a lot of corner cutting mm -hmm. in GT cars, I think it was the year before. Yeah. So they put like a sausage curb there to like obviously try and Access prevent people yeah. um, cutting that corner. And yeah, because when she went, she was going backwards, it like lifted that car up, didn't it? And then yeah. she hit the car going around the corner yeah. as well. So that he was, was like, that car was lucky as well. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you who was lucky, the Marshalls. I know. Mm. I'd be surprised if they go at turn one at Macau again, you know, it was I know. scary. And I think, I don't know if you saw that footage from the stand, like the, the speed, like it looked yeah. like a bullet was going, going past. It yeah, was, I mean, it's good to hear though that she's, you know, going to jump back into a racing car eventually mm. and she weren't yeah, that injured. I thought, I feared the worst to be honest, when I first saw it. So, I, thought, I mean, I think we all did. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's funny how life worked, but you know, people like Billy Munger, what a horrendous accident to have happened to such an amazing person, an amazing driver. But, you know, racing drivers are built differently to other people. Yeah. It seems weird to say, but he's come back stronger for it. I'm and sure turned it. His first thought was, how do I get back yeah, into the Yeah, I think it was. And that's just like, to think of that, I don't know how, I, I certainly wouldn't have that well, mentality. Well, you got to think, an average person has a car crash. They don't drive for a long time, no. usually after, because mm. they're too scared. It's I mean, amazing. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it's, it's that kind of going wheel to wheel again. You know, to not have that yeah, thought back your head. this time the car yeah, isn't, it's amazing. you know. Yeah. Truly, like, truly inspirational. And then to go and get a podium as well. Yeah. It's like, Yeah, incredible. No, I think, yeah, fingers crossed that she's back in a racing car soon. Yeah, very soon. Um, now moving on to... Oh, I had another point as well. You want to go for another point? You, you can oh, find another point there. Okay. I think a lot of people are saying Make Macau should be banned <laughs> for um, from the calendar. I think that's a really bad idea because Macau is a really traditional place. The track's immense. Um, I hear from certain people that it's a really 
special place in more ways than one. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. You can crash anywhere. <coughs> yeah, so true. It doesn't I mean, we've had overtaken. It's not. It's not like Monaco in that sense. It's just a really cool track. So if they got rid of it. It'd only be a bad thing. It, it's so yeah. tight that you know one mistake cost me. Look, Callum Eilert. When I don't know if you saw that replay of him, yeah. where he went no. around a corner, no, yellow it. flag came out. Yeah, it was yeah, literally yeah. like. Oh, I did see that. Actually. I yeah. did see that. Did you see the three sixty spin in the touring car? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, saw that, yeah. yeah. He, I, I don't know whether he gained position or he just overtook he, the other guy. He, <laughs> he just yeah. did a spin and then went right. See you later, lads. I think he like tapped another one. They three of them went off, and he was like, "See ya." <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Macau shouldn't be no, um, no taken way. off. I think it's a circuit that even in like the virtual world, we'd all like to sort of have yeah, a on. And big props to um, Giorgio Tarquini, fifty-six years old and won the touring car race in Macau. Yeah, amazing. Fair play. Right, real life F one final race of the season would probably adjust to happen when this goes up. So um, we won't really do any predictions unless you've got any weird predictions to no, shout out. I don't really think because I think don't come up with anything. Up. Come on, seriously. Why? Verstappen. <laughs> what? How that's not out of the ordinary. He's yeah, top, of, top of practice. I'm calling it Verstappen, Raikkonen, and Hamilton on the podium. Oh, I'm saying that's not going to happen. That's my prediction. Um, you wait, mate. William, you wait. Williams and McLaren on the podium. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, we can talk about um, obviously review of the season. Um, also, we've got a lot of changes. I mean, a lot of changes happening. I think that's the most I mean, you exciting said earlier, part. Isn't yeah. it? Over half the grid is changing. Yeah, crazy. It's new era, isn't it? Really. It's, it's, it's been, it's, I think it's been needed to be honest because I think that honestly, think that's a part. Like, we've got kind of legends of the sport in Alonso and Hamilton, Vettel, but these guys have been dominating the sport for like over ten years, yeah. and we need someone to like come out from. You know, the Lando Norris or a George Russell or Charles Leclerc, a Charles Leclerc, Leclerc next hopefully next, next year, year exactly. And these guys are kind of a new generation. I just hope it breathes a bit of kind of new energy and mm. vibrancy into the sport. Yeah, you've got so many exciting battles. Mercedes is staying the same, so not really much to talk about there, but it's sort of you've got Charles Leclerc, how can he do up against Vettel? You've got That's going to be fascinating. Gassi well, versus Max I know you've got a bit of a man crushing him, haven't you? Oh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, so I'll let's see how that develops over the course know. of the I'm season. I'm trying to get tickets. You're to just going to be you're just going to be watching the <laughs> F1. Me, me and Matt Gallagher are going to be like walking hand in hand down the pit lane, <laughs> skipping towards him. <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be a fascinating battle. But I think Vettel cracked this year big time, mm. and I think well, how well Charles did this year, I'd be surprised if he didn't put similar pressure on him again next year. So. I don't think he'll beat him. I don't, because I think Vettel's one of these guys that learns from mistakes. Mm -hmm. And yes, he's made lots of them this year. Yeah. But next year is a fresh year. I think it's going to be tough for Charles. But I hope he does beat him. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like him to. Vettel just needs to throw this season in the bin. He hasn't led a race since Belgium. Yeah. No. In a Ferrari. It's a stupid stat. He hasn't led a race. But Kimmy's won a race since it is then, so. It's such a weird demise. Like, it's, he comes back it's from purely summer. mental. It has to be mental. Yeah, because mm. he wins the first race back from the summer. And then it just out of nowhere goes bad for him. Like yeah. usually yeah. after a Crashing summer break, that would be where it goes bad. But it's like I don't get it really. Mm. I think that crashing Hoffenheim really. But if yeah. you say that, then he won in Spa. So yeah, it's true. I, I mean, mean it one but it's it, but it's that kind of it's the little, it's the little kind of doubt in the back of his head. Like, yeah. Even if he went and won, albeit I mean the, that race for him was pretty easy in Spa. He got past Hamilton. And it was pretty much it was, yeah, right, away yeah. and gone. But when this different a change of weather or he's got someone pressurising him, that's when I think Hamilton doesn't crack. 
Mm. And these top guys never, never, never crap. But yeah, he, he has the start of the season where he just doesn't care Hamilton, and then after, <laughs> after he's like, oh, do you know what? Maybe, he also tends maybe to, to catch up once a little he's bit. Won, <laughs> once he's won as well, he just turns just turns off, doesn't he? It's he's machine, like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Out, going on That's what, I mean, I was surprised that he won in Brazil. Know, yeah, that he, never he, before he's never won. Oh, never I think it was because the Constructors' Championship was actually yeah, on the line this time. But yeah. He's got something to fight for. On the topic of Hamilton, obviously he's 33 now. You've got Kubica coming in at 33. I think that shows a lot of people that Kubica's not too old to do it again, if you know what I mean. Because a lot of people are saying, oh, he's, he's too old to get back into it. Whether Yes, he's had a bad crash and he's had a long time out. But he's a really talented driver, so yeah. I think I've got, I've got, I was split honestly when I heard he was coming back. Yeah, you got a different opinion? No, I don't. I think you're right. I think he's he was tipped to be next world champion because we missed before he the best. Oh, no, yeah, definitely before he had his crash, he was tipped to be the next one of the well, a potential next world champion, and I think he definitely deserves another season in the sport for what kind of up until that happened I think he probably would have gone on and definitely competed for a title that's the thing yeah so I think he deserves I mean I don't think he's going to be near the front in a Williams no no, no. a lot of people like in. yourself are thinking it's going to be a one season wonder type thing yeah and also I, I, I think hope that, it's more why they've done that as well George Russell's going to be there as a rookie that'll be interesting yeah. he'll be there to give him some guidance and I think that's probably why they've done it and it's maybe a sense but we'll see, we'll well, see I'm, just, I'm just worried for that arm to be honest and I've said this before I saw it the like, other day Hayden it I is like, just I didn't know how bad it was isn't it yeah. yeah like he can't use it he uses all his right hand to drive with yeah and I'm just worried that one big crash will shatter that arm and then that's it yeah I hope not I mean t- touch wood but I saw the photo of it I'd never seen yeah. it and I was Mind blowing. Was, I think it's there's, there's no muscle. It's yeah, just, it's just, just veins. It's, it's like someone has wrapped yeah. his arm around the yeah. bone. That's how it's it looks. It's like no muscle. Scary. At all. But he's done some testing and practice and stuff. So I don't think he would do it if he yeah. didn't. Yeah, think. and when he did testing last year, he did like a hundred something laps. So that means you have got the endurance in the yeah. arms to be able think to do that it. That arm has always had a weakness, even junior formula for him. So that's why that broke easier than everything else in the rally crash. So he's always had he's always had a, like a, a deficit in that sense, but yeah, it would oh, be I didn't know you were a Kubica fanboy. Going mate, back to his I junior love formula, the guy, mate. I love the guy. <laughs> he's a beast. Uh, Alonso leaving, new livery on the car. A lot of people have been debating that Van Dorn should have got a livery as well. <laughs> it's a sad day. It's a sad. It's a sad time because he's been such a legend of the sport. Um, I think everyone will miss him, but. Like I said, I think it is time for a new era to come through, and the, the livery looks yeah. mega. Yeah, yeah, no, I think. Well, I think every that. car should have a livery like that. Yeah, the, the driver. Yeah, there was the there was talk. I don't know whether it was like Sean Ball designs or yeah. Sevy designs. Someone did it. Um, oh really? Where it was like I know, not no, that they, one. they yeah, did yeah. somewhere. It was like the whole car was a helmet, mm-hmm. yeah, which was yeah, really yeah, cool. Yeah. And then people were saying like maybe the halo because you can't see the helmet anymore. The halo, halo should be like a helmet, but I like the back of the car just being a little. So I think this gives a bit of like personal feel. You yeah. know instantly who the car, who the exactly. driver is in the car. Especially when you're watching it, watching on TV, it's easy because you know when you've you're got there. the graphics. But when you're there, it is quite yeah. hard to sort of tell. Especially, especially when, when you're on a corner. Yeah, yeah with a halo, and you're yeah, on a corner, exactly. and they come through so quickly, you yeah. can't really tell who's who. So yeah, for a special livery like that on the back of the car, I really I like, like it. it. I like it as well. It's a shame Van Dorn's not got his own. <laughs> <No. laughs> but you never know. He could be back. He's um, like a simulator driver for Mercedes yeah. next year. So oh, he's a, a, a brilliant driver. Like this is the best GPT driver ever, mm. um, statistically. So, so he's the best driver ever, Charles Leclerc. Are you? He's statistically okay? the best GPT driver <laughs> ever. He is. I've got to take back to Turkey 2006. Just watch Lewis, mate. Honestly, Van Dorn is a very good driver. It's like people forget like Stroll. 
dominated in junior formula mm. and then he's come into formula one and everyone thinks he's rubbish he's not yeah but it's just I, I don't think he's rubbish no it's just the level no. the level in formula one is i think williams so is rubbish anyway you sure you sure you don't want to go on more <laughs> yeah. about your bays on Charles and <laughs> Sopha van Dorn. No, I, love, I love him though. but yeah we I know mate we know <laughs> helmets on the back definitely a good idea yeah definitely um that's all really for me anything that you two want to suggest throw in there no. No? Subject-wise? Yeah, subject, mm, anything? No, I think we've touched on quite a lot. Cool, we'll go to some quick fire questions then, you know, loosen you up at the end of the, uh, this podcast. Especially this is the beginning, loosening us up. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, oh, I forgot. Yeah, and we can just throw these at the end in case people don't really care and they just want to skip past these. Right, <laughs> tea or coffee? What, what have you got? What have you had in the month? Tea, all day long. Or tea. Coffee gives me the jitters. Hot chocolate. And a bad Hot chocolate, well. I agree with that. Hot I, chocolate? I hate tea. What are you, six years old? <laughs> When I drink, yes, I am. <laughs> um, spring water or sparkling water? I'm sparkling. Sparkling. What is wrong with like, you like, people? Like the, the saltiness of yeah. it. No. Oh, I can't trust you two anymore. That's <laughs> weird. The only problem is when you go, I, I went to the gym, and I don't look like I go to the gym. I haven't for a long time, but I used to drink sparkling water, and I used to get like... It gasses red, you up. Yeah, badly. You're like burping on the run of a shit. Yeah, bad knees. Oh, right, okay. Right, this is an important one to me, and you have to say the right one, otherwise I won't like you. A dog... The size of an elephant, so a massive dog, or an elephant the size of a dog. So never really dog because I don't want an elephant as a pet, really, do I? What's wrong with you? That would be adorable, just this an little elephant. elephant. The size of a dog. Yeah. I wouldn't want that. Why would you want a big want? dog? Why would I would you want? want I would want a dog-sized elephant. Dog yeah. Elephant. Really? Yes. That would be mega. No, what? You want a dog that big? No, no, I no, want he, a small little elephant. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a massive dog. <laughs> yeah. I've, already had, I've already had a big dog. I've had a big dog. I've had a Doberman. It's like not nearly an elephant, and that was way too big. <laughs> Did any of you watch Clifford <laughs> the Big Red Dog as a kid? You know, no, that was no. yeah, no, yeah, exactly. That was not like it. that was not conventional. They had to move. It's not no. You, they had to get right. a big kennel. You want a little elephant because that is adorable. Yeah, and we'd go have a great laugh. Just walk around, going. I'd go on a night out with him and get so many birds. Thinking about it. You were that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you you converted me. Okay. You had a small elephant. Yeah. The amount of girls would come <laughs> Cats or dogs, though? Dogs, for sure. Dogs. Yeah, definitely dogs. And uh, favourite blockchain member? If you don't send Ooh, me up, I feel one. really bad. <clears throat> no, definitely not James. Um, or you. Oh, I, got you, I got you two too. shots the other night. I don't know who my I mean, is. I feel inclined to say Veloce Brembo. Because I came with him, and we are we chat like yeah, nice, so yeah, yeah, you guys are like the duo, aren't you? you yeah, two. we like romance. Yeah, I think I'm gonna say Sally. Sally, because he was mega in the last F1 Sports. <laughs> the only reason I like him more than everyone. <laughs> so until you all do something special, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. not, not we will end it on that then, because we're gonna ha- you're gonna have Sally non-stop going. Well, I'm your favourite. <laughs> yeah, only for oh, today God. though, not for, not for, not forever, just for today. <laughs> he, he won't let that go. Still, right. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching the Speed of Sound podcast. If you have enjoyed, don't forget to smash like on the video. Subscribe also to the Veloce Esports uh, channel. Also, go check out our merch. We've uh, released some merchandise. James is uh, very much modelling it at the moment. So you can go check out the first line of the description, or first link in the description. So you can definitely go check that out as well. But thank you very much for watching, and we will see you again very soon. Thank you guys for coming on. See you later. Cheers, mate.